All right, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is good and full. How about those sloppy joes for you this morning? I heard Jamie made them extra sloppy. She knows how you like them that way. Stop it, lady, you're scaring us. Anybody know any of that? That's Billy Madison, by the way. All right, can't help it. Anytime we get to sloppy joes, have to do that. Hey, can I give y'all a bonus a bonus little nugget today that's outside the message just real quick? That'd be okay. This morning, I read in a devotional about mountains that are in our life. Anybody ever feel like they're facing a mountain? Like a mountain-sized problem. Don't know how I'm going to get over it. Don't know what. Good news this morning. He says that if we have just faith, a little bit of faith, just a, even the tiniest bit of faith the size of a what? Mustard seed. Anybody ever seen a mustard seed? I think I have, but I know I've ate a lot of mustard before, and I'm assuming there's some kind of connection. Maybe, maybe not. But I know it's small, just a small amount of faith. And it says that if you have just such a small amount of faith, I want to lead us into prayer with this. If you have just that amount of faith, then you could look at that mountain and tell it to what? Move, and it would. Now, I've never seen a, a physical mountain move. Maybe I guess it could. In God's name, I, anything's possible. The Word says that. But I've had mountain-sized problems that I sure worried about, and I know this, He somehow has moved those in my life. So to the one who can make the mountains disappear. How about that? That we can call on with one word. If you know Him, you say, Father, and you got an audience. you got His ear. So let's do that together before we start this morning. Is that okay, little bonus this morning? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, and we pray that we would have just uh, at least that amount of faith, maybe more. Uh, Father, that uh, our faith, uh, we've talked about that uh, just so much through this series, that, that faith, that complete trust and confidence in you, that we would have just that small amount and that you would grow it from there, that we would trust in you, the one who can make mountains a uh, mountain of problems just disappear. And so, Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we love you. And Jesus, we thank you. Pray that you speak to our hearts this morning. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so last week, Hebrews 11.32, if you've been with us, that was the fifth time in a row that we have been in that verse. And I've got news for you today. We are now in it for the sixth time in a row, but it will be the last time. Hebrews 11.32, let me refresh you on that. Again, it was the writer of Hebrews getting to a place in Scripture of saying, I've told you all these wonderful faith stories, and time would fail me to mention, and he goes through all these names. Here's the verse. Uh, you probably haven't memorized by now if you've been with us these last uh, five weeks. It says, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and then lastly today, Samuel. And so today we will be looking at the faith of Samuel. Now, if you were here last week, I talked about David. Anybody here for that? David and Goliath. If you remember, Samuel's name shows up at the beginning of my talk last week because I was telling you of the time that Samuel goes to Jesse's house and he is to anoint the new king. Remember that story? All of the Jesse's sons pass by. Samuel was looking and says, Surely this is the kingly one. He's handsome. He's strong. He carries himself well. And God, one by one, says, Nope, that's not my guy. Samuel, even to the point of asking Jesse, do you have any more sons? And he says, yes, well, there's David, but he's out tending the sheep, right? You remember the story? 
Samuel brings him about, says we won't sit down until he gets here. And then Samuel is given this statement by God, one of the most famous verses in all the Old Testament. 1 Samuel 16, 7. Do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, right? And so he's given this amazing verse, and he anoints David as the new king. Now, you heard this part about him. Some of you probably know. Some of you may not, and that's okay. There's two books in the Bible that uh, are named after him, First and Second Samuel, right, that he's the author of. So we know that, but the rest of Samuel may be a little more obscure. That's not somebody that we typically go to and say, well, look at this Bible character. You hear plenty of David. You hear the disciples, of course, Jesus. You know, all of these characters that are in the Bible. But we don't really talk about Samuel a whole lot. So when it comes to his faith, you may say, well, what was so faithful about Samuel that he's listed as this verse in the Hebrews Hall of Faith? You know, this Hebrews 11 Hall of Faith. And again, remember what faith is, that complete trust and confidence in someone or something. Now I want to take you back even to the introduction that we did in this series. You go way back when we're talking about Hebrews 11. I did the introduction and I said, I went back to 11 verse 6, I believe. And I said this, I said, if, here's why it's so important. We said that right now is a time that we need faith, right? And I contended that we all have faith in something, but we hope and pray that it's in Christ. You've heard me say that a bunch. But the reason faith is so important, Hebrews eleven six 6 says this, without faith it is impossible to please God. So here's what that means. I'm going to break this really complex, just Greek words, all of this stuff down. Here's what it means. The verse says, without faith it is impossible to please God. So here's what this means in layman's terms. I'm going to spit this out for you as easy as I can. If you don't have faith in God, it's impossible for you to please Him. It's pretty simple. Like some verses are so like in-depth and so many like different, you know, uh, you look at different translations or you look at different interpretations and you get lost in the weeds. When you read a verse that is so cut and dry simple, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It simply means that if you do not have faith, you're not pleasing Him. You got faith in something, why not place your faith in Christ, therefore pleasing God, and then as He looks at you, He is pleased. He looks at you as His Son. So today we're going to look at the faith, the complete trust and confidence this man named Samuel. Speaking of Samuel, what's up Samuel? Just walked up. Different Samuel, but we're going to look at the faith of Samuel in the Bible. Before we look at the faith of Samuel, I want to take you to a weird place that you don't really talk about faith. Anybody ever met a baby? You've gone to the hospital and seen a baby. Like, maybe you didn't see it born. By the way, if you hadn't, and you hit that day, you're in for a rude awakening. That's some crazy stuff, right? God miracle, but whoo, there's no coming back from that. Some things can't be unseen, right? But you've been to a moment where there's a new child, be it in your family, a friend, any of those things, right? That baby does not have faith, right? I mean, it, it just doesn't at that point. And so it seems kind of odd to get to a place and talk about faith and you're going to someone's birth. But I want to take you to Samuel's birth 
Although he didn't have faith, there was so much faith that was so critical to the birth of Samuel. If you know the story, you know where I'm going with this. But his mom's name was Hannah, and this was a quote about Hannah from Scripture. She was older in age, and here's the quote. It says that many believe that God had closed her womb. Okay? I don't know what you know about pregnancy and how all that happens, but a womb's pretty important. Closed off, not going to happen, will not have a child. Okay? I mean, that's, that's crazy for a woman, a, a grown man to hear. I mean, that is like just this life-altering news. And so much so, I want you to listen to the prayer of Hannah. This is in 1 Samuel 11, 11. I'm going to be all over 1 Samuel today. But here's what 1 Samuel 11, 11 says. This is Hannah's prayer. O Lord of hosts. By the way, if you want to pray and get God's ear, Father's a great place to start. But when you come to this moment in your life where you have placed enough faith in Christ to say not only is He is my Savior, but He is the Lord of my life. Meaning He calls the shots. Not me. He calls the shots. Starting at a place in a sincere heart of saying, O Lord. Oh God, you know, you are my Lord. That's a great place to start to get the ear of God. Here's what it says. O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And guys, she did just that. She was granted the blessing of having a child. And it says in Scripture that as he grew and as she weaned him, it says that she took him and gave him to the priest, Eli. This young man was born out of this faith moment of a woman who was told that her womb was closed. She prays to God, Oh Lord, if you would just give me a male child, I will give him right back. For the rest of his life. Now that's faith. Right? I mean that is a faith almost in a belief of it's going to happen. God I'm going to pray for a child. And when you grant this request I will give him back to you the rest of the days of his life. Now listen to Samuel growing up. This is 1 Samuel 3.19. It says this, So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. Is that a good thing to say? That if you're going to be in life that the Lord is with you. Good news. If you know Him, He's with you. No matter what you did last night. No matter what you do today. No matter what you do tomorrow. He will be with you. He will not forsake you. He will not leave you. It says the Lord was with him and none of His words fell to the ground. This was a man of God. People listened to what he had to say. And later on the verse says this, everyone. Anybody here and everyone? An all? I know sometimes that gets a little confused in Scripture what all means. I happen to think it means, like this is going to blow your mind, I think all means all. And so if you're an all, you're an everyone. If you're a somebody, you're, you're in this everyone. It says this though, the crowd that was around Samuel then, it says everyone knew Samuel had been established as a prophet of God. Have you ever just met somebody like that that you know like that person knows God? This was even a step further. It says not only does he know God, but that is a prophet of God. Everyone knew it. And you look at the life of Samuel, there's so many places that you can look and pull out a moment of faith and say, well, this is the faith that it's talking about. We can't go every, every one of them. 
So what I did in the best of my ability was I prayed over this, and I just, God, where are you talking, where do you want to talk about the faith of Samuel to us this morning? And I came to 1 Samuel 7, 3. Israel, as they often did, walked away from the Lord. Have you ever heard that? You ever experienced it in your own life? Maybe you too feel the same way as if you're constantly doing what is right in your own eyes as we talked about in Judges. But the people have left and Samuel is this prophet of God, remember, one that everyone knew had been a, everyone knew he was established as a prophet of God. None of his words fell to the ground, meaning people listened, they, they took in through the Holy Spirit what he would say. So as they are leaving from God, As they are turning their back, he calls everyone to a meeting, to the elders, to the leaders, and listen to what he says. He gives them a if-then proposal. In other words, he comes to them and he says this, in fact, I want to tell you I believe the same thing this morning, that the ball is in your court. You ever heard that expression? It's up to you. I'm going to give you some information here that I believe God wants to share with you and bring you into relationship, but the choice is yours. No one can force you. Not only can they not force you, they can't make it for you. It's a personal choice, right? So he gathers the people together who have strayed, and listen to what he says. He's going to start with the word if. So that means there's a, a, a statement here, a clause coming into this. He says, if you return to the Lord with all your hearts, listen to that. Not just in church service, not just in like saying a little prayer with the heart, with the soul. If you bring everything you got, you can't bring more than your heart. That's everything. The heart was central, it was the soul, it was every, it was the inner being, right? The inner self, the one that only God knows. Listen, you can show anything you want to on the outside. Remember the verse. Man looks at the outward appearance. You could have everything polished, spit, you know, shined, everything just perfect on the outside. But you're not fooling him. He knows the heart. You know what? Here's the beautiful thing. Everybody look this way. There's a flip side of that coin. In this world, you could be the lowest of the low. People could look at you and say, man, not worth anything. But. He looks at the heart. He looks at the heart. He don't look at what man sees. Don't worry about what man sees. In fact, I'm going to tell you, forget about what man thinks. It doesn't matter. Their opinion is irrelevant of you. He gets the final say. I don't care what curses have been spoken over you. I don't care what horrible things. I don't care what damage a family member or what kind of abuse has happened. None of those people get the final say. He gets the final say. He's the only one. Not even me. I... If you call me pastor, like I'll rather you call me Keith, but if you call me pastor, I don't get the final say over your life. You don't get the final say over me. He does. And hopefully he's already spoken that and called you son or daughter in Jesus' name if you know him. But he said if you, if you, if you turn back, if you, if you come with all your hearts, put away the foreign gods from among you and prepare your hearts in the Lord serve him only anybody ever heard the verse can't serve two masters he's talking about money but I'm going to say this I think we can expound and say that anything other than him you can't serve two masters right it's got to be him and nothing else 
and serve him only, and he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. Remember this whole David thing and the Philistines and all that was going on around, you know, this time. So he's saying, if you return, then he will deliver. One of the greatest theologians of our time was a man by the name of Forrest Gump. And Forrest Gump said, I may not be a smart man. And that's what I kind of feel here with myself. I'm not smart, okay? But I can deduce from this that saying that there's this if-then proposal of Samuel, a prophet of God, going to Israel who has turned away and saying, if you turn back, then he will deliver. Just as if you pulled a coin out of your pocket and there's a heads, most of them, unless it's a misprint, is going to have tails on the back, right? The flip side of the coin is going to be this then. I think Samuel standing before them, it's unspoken but says this as well. If you do not return to him, if you do not serve him completely, if you do not fall back in love with him, then he will not deliver you. There was a choice. The ball was in their court. He comes to him and says, if you want deliverance, then here's the way. Turn back to him with your whole heart. Serve him. Love him only. Serve him only. If, then, proposal. If you do your part, then God will deliver. If you don't, then he won't. Pretty simple, right? But man, here's where I see the faith in Samuel. So he comes to a group of people who's turned away And he's got such faith and confidence in God that he gives a 100% guaranteed, like the stamp of approval. If you do this, then God will. That's faith. Now I want to tell you, I, I feel like I have some of that same faith and some of that same authority to tell you that at least... It may not be all the earthly situations that are corrected in your life. It may be a, a, just a ton of those that don't get fixed this side of glory. I wish I could tell you everything will be perfect if you give your life to Christ. But you know, sometimes I believe the Bible teaches that if we give our life to Christ wholeheartedly, your life will actually be tougher. Why? Because this is not our home. It's not our home. It feels like it. This is all we know. But there's a home above. And it says that he's in the process. I'm going to trust him at this, that he is in the process right now. Think of this. Christ, Jesus, that died for you. Revelation says he's in the process of making all things new. And at the name of Jesus, every knee, every knee, everybody here and every will bow. Doesn't say that it might bow. Doesn't say that it might confess. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Here's what I think that means. I think it means that one day, whether you want to or not, when you have that moment face-to-face with the Holy God, you will bow your knee and say, you know what? You're right. Christ is Lord. But at that point, if that's your only confession, it's too late. You can do it now. You can bow the knee now. One of the most beautiful moments we've ever had. He's not here today. I won't name him because I didn't ask permission. But I remember talking about that verse and saying, your knee will bow. Why not today? And after it was one of the sweetest things, he comes up and he says, you know, you said that. And right by that truck there, I went and bowed my knee today. It was actually in that parking lot. 
I bow my knee today, and I did exactly what you said, and I gave my heart and life to Jesus, and then we baptized that brother out in the parking lot. It was beautiful. He understood. He said, you know, one day I'm going to do this. Why not now under my own humility of bowing the knee and saying, I can't do this life on my own. I need you. Some of you are so prideful in that moment that you're going to have that moment of confession, but it might be too late. Do it now. You know I'm telling the truth. You can hear it in your spirit. You can feel it that that is right, that we are in need of a Savior. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. Talk about complete trust and confidence. That Samuel stands before a nation and said, if you do your part, then I'm confident God will do His. Complete trust and confidence. So I want to close with a question. What about you? Do you believe wholeheartedly that He's spoken to you? You see, there's some things He's spoken to us all. Listen to me on this. Redemption, love, fearfully and wonderfully made. You can be sons and daughters if you come to faith in Christ. Fellow heirs. Anybody ever heard that one? There's many things that He's blanket spoken all of us. But can I tell you this? It's a personal relationship. So there's things that He speaks to you as well. He speaks beyond this book. He will never speak to your spirit in contradiction of this book. But He speaks. You heard that still small voice. Sometimes it's a yell. Sometimes He yells at me. It's like, you know you you shouldn't be doing this. You know you shouldn't say that. Right? But He still speaks. And so I pray that you listen. Do you put faith in that and believe so strongly as Samuel did that you have a word and says, if we do this, then that. If then. Here's a challenge this morning. Ask Him to speak. You say, man, I never heard that. Ask Him to speak. I, here's a simple exercise. If you've never understood or heard the voice of God, I want you to ask Him simple questions you already know the answer to. God, do you love me? Listen for that yes. Is anything besides yes, it's your voice. It's some other voice. It's some other curse or family member that's spoken, some other thing that you believe. He's going to say yes. He loves you right where you are. Ask Him. They speak. Father, I want to hear you speak to my heart. Ask Him to speak. I believe He speaks all the time. I just think we got to tune out so much we just don't take the time to do it. There's so many other voices. So many other things. We just got to give Him that audience. So here's what I want to challenge you. I think this whole faith series has been challenging us to this moment Listen, look at me this way. Give me, give me just one minute, and I'll close with this statement. Some of you have visualized faith as a singular salvation moment. I'm going to put my faith in Christ. You've heard that over and over, and that's beautiful. That's wonderful. We have to have that moment. We have to come to that realization of faith. But here's what faith is more. It's walking it out every single day. Walking in it, believing, having trust and confidence, walking in that faith and having complete trust and confidence in God. Singular salvation moment, yes, we want everyone to have that and put their faith and trust in Christ. But after that, then what? Walk in faith. Every day, walk in faith. Jesus, speak to us.
And so I want to pray that over your heart this morning. If you don't know him, what a wonderful day to meet him for the first time. If you do, let's try that this week. Let's walk in faith and trust and confidence in him. You pray with me. Father, I pray your blessings over every heart and soul here today. First, that they know you. I'm proud to say that I know you. There's nothing good in me but you, Christ. And so I thank you for that. But I pray that everyone here knows you. If not, what a wonderful day to meet you as this even breeze blows over this crowd. That Holy Spirit, you would speak over this place and speak to our hearts. Tell the the one who is here that is lost that doesn't know you, hey, today is the day. I want to meet you. For the first time, I want to meet you. You created them for that. And then for those that are in this crowd that know you, that we have this beyond singular salvation faith moment, that faith is a daily choice that we clothe ourselves with, that we wake up and say, I am putting complete trust and confidence in you today, no matter what life brings. My hope and my trust and my confidence is in you. That's the way Samuel lived. That's his example that speaks through the ages for us today. We pray to have that kind of faith, first to know you, and then just to walk in you and grow in that faith daily till our dying day. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we need you. And Jesus, we thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.